0: Ladies and gentlemen,
3: welcome to the LPN Show, recorded both in Los Angeles and New York City. We're just, you know, here to hang out, have a good time. All right. I'll talk to y'all after a while. It's fine. It's On fine. my
4: side, it looks great. I will say that. It looks fabulous over here.
3: Maybe that's the <laughs> thing. Maybe you're slightly different. You're slightly Thank different you. always. I'm not like
4: the other girls. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <I'm>
3: not <laughs> like ah, the other girl. I'm not like the other girls. I don't have a head. <laughs> Welcome to the LPN show. Hi. Jackie's not like the other girls. She doesn't have another head. Uh, guys, what a, a wonderful time for you to happen upon this show. Because that's what happens with podcasts. You're just walking down the street. You've got your things from the store. Maybe Mm. you have just dropped off your dog at the groomers. I'm just saying things. And then podcasts just pull up on the sidewalk in front of you. Yep, yeah. And they pee all over your shoes, and you say, "Please, I have flip flops on. Please don't pee." And on you're me. like, "Thank you, though, because my feet were cold." Hello, I am one of the hosts of the LPN show. My name is Henry Zabrowski. This is my co-host, who is not my wife. I like that you say it at the beginning, up top every time. My name is
4: Jackie Zabrowski, not Henry Zabrowski's wife. Yes, I am his sister. Sister, we share uh, we share last name for just a little while longer, Henry. But we're not here to talk <laughs> about. Peace. Feet or name changes. We're here to talk to two people that I'm very, very excited to talk to.
3: Yes. Together, collectively, they are the Voltron that is the author Kit Roka. Sci-Fi romance. All things, both like it, interesting but sensual. Uh, We're going to talk about these horny, things.
4: Which I think is my favorite genre is like this utopian horny. Because of course, what do you think the horniness is going to go away?
3: I don't think so. Yeah. But underneath that um, Kit Roca umbrella lie two wonderful human beings, Donna Heron and Bree Bridges. Hello, welcome to the LPN Show.
2: Hi, hello. Thank you so much for having me. It is thank fun you. to be here.
3: It's nice, isn't it?
2: <laughs> it is lovely. This is
3: big. This is big. We're all going to do this. We're going to we're going to rip through this. I
2: love talking to girls who only have one head. Yeah, Jackie's a special.
3: Yeah. That's why she's different, and she's not like the other girls. Mm-hmm. Only
4: one head. Yeah, I'll be. Got it. I'll be the sequel of Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Like, oh, Pixie Manic <laughs> Dream Girl. But what if she
3: doesn't have a head? So I am looking through your works, and I am despairing. Right? Because the Ozymandias thing. It's fun. I'm having fun with it. But you, your series, the series that you are now, because you're selling the second book, called, I believe it is called, the, the first book of the series was Deal with the Devil. Correct? Mm-hmm. And then you have a brand new book coming out that I believe is called The Devil You Know. Yes, which is. is a continuation of this mercenary librarian series. Now, this is sweet as hell. It says here it's a post-apocalyptic <laughs> librarian avengers. What is this? What have we stumbled upon? so
5: this series um, I think the way we originally pitched it to our agent is what if post apocalyptic Wonder Woman met dystopian Captain America and he had a reason he had to kidnap her, and then everybody got horny and saved the world
3: that's incredible. Uh. Yeah. That's incredible. You guys yes. are just
4: living my life's dream of Green just light. being horny with friends for a living. Um, very, very envious of you guys. I think this is a wonderful way to start mercenary librarians.
3: Yes. So th- when you guys come up with these, like, it's because this is a whole world. Do you guys start with like a show Bible or like a world Bible? Like, how do you begin to take a, like, how do you world build? Like, just as a base. I mean, I, you know it's easy. I know it's easy.
2: <laughs> so easy. It's just it's like it comes it's so, together like that.
3: Just like that. Well, do you
5: want to tell the origin story of this general world, Donna? The was the article, I think, that you
2: read. Yeah. Um. We actually started world building in this world. We we did an entire like series before the Mercenary Librarians, <laughs> yes. uh, which is called the Beyond Series. Mm-hmm. And we started it in 2012. Okay. And the summer of 2012, we, start, we actually published the first book, Fall of 2012. We self-published it. And in summer of 2012, there were these. There was this series of solar storms, like coronal mass ejections, that very narrowly missed Earth. Yes,
3: because we have been waiting for the solar flare. Like, we're due for a giant solar right.
2: flare. And we had, like, an entire series of them that just about smacked us. Like, it was just happenstance and luck of, like, you know, the positional orbit at the time that it barely missed us. And so there was an article... That basically said, okay, NASA is going to try to assess, like, if these had hit us, what would the damage have been like? And so I told Bree, I'm like, ooh, 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 I think I have our next apocalypse. <laughs> I want to do this one. <laughs> so we had actually, I think, already, like, published the first book by the time the report came out that essentially said, I mean, um, we would be in, in some pretty big trouble.
3: It would destroy Here our power grid. Yeah, it would um, destroy <laughs>
2: our power grid. <laughs> yeah, our power grids are not set up the way that a lot of European ones are, uh, with a lot of redundancy and protections against this sort of thing. So they would just be fried. And, you know, we would be in bad shape. Now, what oh. is it
3: about this impending doom that makes you so horny? Uh,
2: well, okay, first of all, I think that impending doom always makes people it horny. It doesn't matter what we, it is. We
3: just, in last um. podcast left, we just covered the Black Plague, and they talked about, like, a part of the sections, whole sections of the Black Plague during time period had massive orgy-like movements where yeah. people just decided to say, fuck it, we're just going to yeah, work like, off. Yeah, like, why not? Yeah. I mean,
4: Why Gerard not?
3: Butler is going to be a
4: big part of whatever disutopian future we have here in America, apparently. Uh Gerard Butler's gonna be fine. So... Gerard
3: Butler's gonna be outside of the apocalypse. And he's going
4: to be banging. That's how we get to bang Gerard Butler. Wait, finally. Has he done something? <laughs> is he is he
2: especially like well positioned to survive the apocalypse. I don't know anything about Gerard
3: Butler these days. In the moon,
4: in the movie Greenland, he is because I those just <laughs> watched that. That was bonkers. But the whole
3: <laughs> movie's all like, stop, stop, stop. Let's let this one white family through. We have to save this family.
5: Oh it, makes so it sense. was. It was not a wonderful movie, but I watched it like,
2: oh crap.
5: Oh yeah, I oh, know because-
3: exactly the same. I did exactly the same.
2: Do I need to watch this? Yeah, I Maybe. <laughs> I mean. he has an absolute thing about like disaster movies. Yeah, I watch. Like apocalyptic I disaster movies. She watch any disaster
5: movie. I, I, my, I lived in Europe for a year when I was 16. And the one rule time I broke the rules was when I snuck away from the class without. Without like permission to go watch Dante's Peak in German (laughs) movie theater.
4: Oh my God! The the gram on the boat. I
3: love my disaster movies. Me too. I hear you. Because it's fun. Because I do think that there's a freeing aspect to the idea of the apocalypse is finally here. You're like finally. I've been waiting for so long, at least now it's happening. And so I can go and I guess to, to tell tell Janet I like her. Yeah. There you go. Well, and you you
5: get to throw away a lot. I mean, we are a society with a lot of really exhausting baggage. Yes. So the idea that you just leave it and walk into the sunset and, you know just care about the things that actually matter to you is is sort of appealing. Is
3: it just pure escapism like the idea of writing these types of novels? Sci-fi and would you go as far? You say romance I think is appropriate. Would it does it go as far into erotica? Um
5: I would not say that some people call the Mercenary Librarian series erotica, but I would say that no one who reads erotica would do so. <laughs> it's very tame. Yeah. Um I think it's maybe sexier than some people expect a book they picked up from Tor to be. Yes. Um, but the Beyond series is, I, I often sell it as bisexual kinky orgies. Sweet. You know.
4: The- <laughs> Speaking my language. So
5: the Beyond series, yeah, that that's sort of the erotic more, you know, if that's, that's your speed, your post-apocalyptic speed.
3: I don't know how people write erotica without going like, in hey, the wiener, his wiener is out. <laughs> and she goes like, what? <laughs> and then, oh, her boobies are everywhere. Like that's what if I wrote erotica, that's what it would sound like. Be like, whoa, and then oh, what? Oh no! Like just a guy saying random phrases. Where's the beef?
2: It's a skill it is set. Actually, <laughs> like it's it hard. is. It is. It's a highly Not to skilled. Be
4: but <laughs> yeah,
2: it is a highly skilled job and not everyone can no, do it. Thank it, you for recognizing it. <laughs> it is
4: a throbbing thing to to endure. Now, do you guys when you guys write together now is are one of you like more uh, into the horny writing of it? Because I've tried, believe me, all the slash fiction I've written over the years. And then there are times that I'm like, oh, no one understands what I means because that's like Weird Jackie. Because yeah, because Jackie goes like
3: oh hot dog's in my snooch. I go "Uh, uh," and she makes a lot of
4: those noises. I come everywhere. But so, do you guys write the scenes together, or do you guys attack the books like different sides of the books as you write?
2: Yeah, how do two people? No one write? writes them together. Yeah. Do you like completely together. Yeah, yeah, like the whole thing. Sexy
5: than people imagine because <laughs> <laughs> if you ever had to sit down and do like hand trigonometry with someone else, it's not a very <laughs> exciting process. It's like now he's got three hands. Erase everything you just wrote. That's huh, hilarious. You know. That's right. you
3: are really, like, oh yeah. How does hand get over there? Oh, he's yeah, yeah. just Yeah, yeah. I
5: mean, sometimes we're drawing stick figures, we're having yeah. fights about it. That's great. Like, so it yeah. is a
2: really sometimes, <laughs> sometimes the other person will like write stuff and then you just have to be like, no, you take that back. That is not a hot move. Don't do it. <laughs> you can't do that. So it is,
5: it is, yeah, it is a struggle sometimes. And then, like, you know, I've got dogs in my office farting, and I'm like, that's not <laughs> <laughs> Not my thing, Maybe it's
2: someone's, <laughs> yeah. Don't yuck through your Somebody out there is into dog farts,
3: you know. I it. just imagine every erotica author, like, it with first of all, either has like a silk robe that they sit into a parlor room, right? Like, they sit in a parlor room and they have a quill, or they write from the bath.
5: <laughs> okay? Where they I'm go gonna into tell the you both. guys like a real story. <laughs> I oh no, we we put for the There was a big sex scene at the end of The Devil You Know, and we put Write This Later in there. And Later was during the fucking. Can I swear?
3: Of course. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
5: It was during the fucking insurrection. Oh, my insurrection. <laughs> I, think swear. I had to write that sex scene during the insurrection. <laughs>
3: <gasps> yeah. <laughs> oh my God. And Unlike like waves I, of unwashed morons, his penis <laughs> breached. And so I was just breached <laughs>
5: I had therapy the day the insurrection actually happened, and I told my therapist, I have to go write a sex scene. This is actually <laughs> traumatic.
3: They could see, oh, the shivering, cowering yeah! senator sat there, awaited, available oh. for the man with the buffalo skin hat as he oh. enters into the room. <laughs> Whoa,
2: oh, no. Was- okay, you take that back. That's not a hot <laughs> Where's the beef? You delete that right now. <laughs>
4: Although, where's the beef would be perfect in that scene, though. I wouldn't <laughs> say that. Yeah. Who took my so, shoes? Yeah,
2: that, was, that was
5: one of my least sexy. Um, I, I wish the silken robe thing were true because yeah. Yeah, I would like to never write a sex scene during an insurrection again. That is my prayer. Don't worry. You only have to lovely. wait until
3: 2024 and then we'll get another one. But then it'll be fine. But then just face <gasps> it. Now you know it's coming. So just face yeah. it. Yeah.
2: We'll plan for that one. Schedule around. No sex scene will go unwritten now because we'll be like, if we say write this later, knows what what's going to happen?
3: When you meet other like romance novelists? Like, because I feel like romance world, I you know like sci fi has its conventions and fan base. But I imagine that the romance world must also. Also have just as much of a die-hard fan base and people that get attached to this. Oh, do yeah. like, do they have romance conventions, or do you oh, like, yeah. do yeah. you do this with sci-fi too? Like, do you go to cons on both sides? Um,
5: we don't do a ton of conventions, but I've actually i've o- i've only done romance ones. I've never done a sci-fi one. And like, romance ones, I mean, th- there, there's there's an urban legend. They always tell you, they always tell the bars to be ready, but nobody expects romance readers to come trash the bars.
3: Oh, I can't. Um, What are you talking about?
5: They show up. They drink all the liquor and it gets wild. Yeah, Yeah. I bet.
3: Because I remember in the early days of like San Diego Comic Con, these various places where, especially Dragon Con in Atlanta, nerds get horny. Yep. At these (laughs) cons. Dragon cons. Con's wild. Like, especially at Dragon Con, because it's real nerds. Like, it's not like... Because San Diego Comic-Con is now just a fucking tent for movies, right? Like, it's... Right, yeah. it's all PR, oh, yeah. we have
2: been to Dragon Con. It is... Yeah. It is wild. The nerd capital. I got absolutely, completely hammered in the lobby bar of the yes. Marriott Marquis. Oh, yeah. Uh, with... A Klingon and Storm from the X. Oh my <laughs> god!
3: Talk about a threesome! My god! <laughs> like of I course indeed. it goes straight to erotica because you're yeah. already <laughs> wearing the costumes. You're already outside of yourself, which I think is really important because a lot of people I think have a problem with connecting that type of sexuality back to just themselves. Like it's cool. Like it's not sexy if I'm not a unicorn for some reason.
5: Well, it, it's it's the lack. Of, it's the same thing as the apocalypse. Honestly, you get to leave society rules yeah. behind. Go be you know, create your own little world there where you get to not feel self-conscious. Yeah. Right? I assume. I've never gone on a unicorn orgy at Trot and, tried and or anything, but, you
3: yeah, know. Yeah, no. Someone doth <laughs> protest too much. <laughs> <laughs> have you thought it's about no, this I wouldn't the say person
5: that. I'm going to say I mean the person who keeps our series bible is a big dragon Con person who does sometimes go there as a unicorn Whoa. and I'm not going to tell her <laughs> any secrets but I'm just saying you know she <laughs> you want the stories she's got the stories oh yeah
2: <laughs> she's got all the stories she's got all of them so
5: I- want the same expert advice you get from the pros in the store while shopping online at discounttire.com meet Treadwell your personal online tire guide that matches you with the perfect tire for your vehicle. Get your best match in one minute or less with Treadwell by Discount Tire.
0: Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time.
1: And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price.
0: Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.
4: I love it so much. that so you bring in, obviously, it's got, you know, we talk about, like, we go, we get to go to cons, you know. It's like, I've, I've. I've heard so many friends that have gone to, like, furry cons, stuff like that, of being able to separate yourself from it. Now, what do you think, do you think that in writing these kind of books, has it brought out in you of, like, the idea of, like, you know what, I would like to try something like this out. Has it brought in your horizons in, like, looking into different kind of, like, kink communities as you write of, like, I would like to bring this in, or as you got to know more about something of, like, How about we never write that into a book ever again? I think that mostly,
2: like, instead of it becoming part of, you know, what I would consider, like, my, you know, personal life or my personal world, I have learned a lot just from, you know, like, research into various kink communities and, you know, practices. Um, Because one of the things that you obviously always want to do, there are a lot of people who, like, you know— fall on one side or the other of the argument about how, um, fiction should not be aspirational. Yeah. And, uh, people who write fiction shouldn't have like a responsibility to make sure that, you know, people understand what's good and what's bad, like in their worlds, that it should be kind of like open. Yeah, your
3: characters should be able to live. I, I agree with that. I think that they should be able to be, even if they're not great. That's kind of the point.
2: Yeah. Um, I think it's important for people as readers to know where you stand in the narrative on that like if somebody's going to do horrible things um what's the narrative saying about that like is the narrative saying this is great or is the narrative saying and that's really not great right you know and i think that's really where it comes down you know uh as far as like the responsibility of an author um when it comes to writing various you know uh people who would be in you know our society members of various kink communities you want to keep it responsible, you know? You don't want to write stuff where people are like, oh yeah, I'm gonna go try that. And it's not safe, right. <laughs> you know? You don't want to do that. Um, like so I've done a lot of research. Like we're
5: not huge of Fifty Shades of Grey. And I hate bringing it up because like, I literally, it's the one thing I never want to talk about again.
4: Because yes. it's trash. Yeah. <laughs> because it's trash <laughs> um, um, represent-
5: It is, yeah. But yes. it's, it's the sort of thing where like, the one thing that we care about is that good people in our books, you know, are big on consent. Consent is a yay. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so like, you know, you want to have, you want to write this stuff in a way where, you know, like we love messy people. And yeah. I mean, we've got <laughs> right stabby too. murderers, assassins, you know, I'm not saying any of these people is like, go out and become a, you know, post-apocalyptic assassin. That's not, but even our assassins are down with sexual consent. So Hell yeah, <laughs> you can like stabbing people for, you know, Justice and making sure people are into your sex.
3: Completely. When you outline these books, do you kind of like, because I did, uh, this is a long walk, so follow me for some reason. I'm going to do this. For a while, I did uh, nude improv. Right. So a part of this thing that I was supposed to do, this nude improv is that we started clothes, we started clothes and then we needed to find reason to move, to remove a piece of clothing throughout a scene. It had to be justified and then well, whatever, and then ended up completely nude. And then that's all those sick people were there to see. They didn't care about our fucking comedy. They were just <laughs> there to see our penises. Okay. We knew what was going they on. They were not there for they, the I art. knew that they weren't. <laughs> I knew that they weren't, but it's fine. I'll be meat. But, The when you guys are stringing together these outlines, like how do you divvy up? Like, what's erotic about it? You know what I mean? Like when we are when you write a plot for a book, like how do you shift back and forth between like plot elements to like the emotional content? Is it just because like that is as much of a the or the romance is just as much of a part of the plot like the sci-fi elements like how do you kind of like divvy it up being like there's a sex scene here then they come into the, like, this is plot, this kind of, or is it all just plot and I am ignorant? Um,
5: it is kind of all just plot. Sort of both. But it is. Yeah. Sort but, of both. But they are different types of plot. Like you have a story, which is their emotional journey they're on. Yeah. And sex is like an emotional freaking thing. Yeah. So that's part of their emotional journey. And the plot you Except have like. Except for play
3: is. Or on the F boys and F boy but you know island.
5: What? Even they are like oh that's God. part of how they interact with the world. So their journey, yeah, is even never even running. that could be <laughs>
2: characterization. Like they yeah. might not have much of an arc. Like they might not change much. But you can tell a lot about someone's characterization by them being like a fuckboy, yeah. boy. You know. Yes. I mean that tells you a lot about who they
3: are. They're a fuckboy. boy. You know true <laughs> so is you so it works you know, to kind of also further along the plot because we talk about in comedy like right. the jokes when it's really in the sweet spot is when the comedy fuels the story too where it's not just like funny for funny sake but it's funny but it works with yeah. what you're trying to do.
5: That's exactly what it is because you want the you want Every, you know, every sex scene, every time they have some sort of intimacy, every romantic moment needs to make the story progress in some way. Mm -hmm. So either they have learned something about each other, about themselves, it makes them want to go and do something that, you know, is the next part of the plot. Um, And so, so yeah, they
2: really, they really dovetail. There are some authors who will like divide it up and be like, okay, this is going to be like my actual like action plot arc and this is going to be my romance arc but i think that you know the magic happens when you kind of lay those out yeah. in tandem you know they have to to join together and so the best thing that you can ever do for yourself as a writer <laughs> is when you plan a scene to make sure that it furthers characterization and it furthers the plot and it furthers this romantic arc that it does all of those things. It's a multitasking. Does
3: it get easier with the more books that you write? Because you guys have created a lot. Of novels, yeah. you've created a lot of worlds. Like, is, is it one of those where it becomes shorthand no. over time? Or is each one like, what the fuck do we do now? Like, <laughs> what's now? What's yeah, in the Yeah, everyone now? <laughs> is
2: like, what the fuck do we do now? But I think that it's not necessarily that you're not learning anything. I think it's because you're learning so much every time right. that, you know, like the more you learn, the more you learn, you didn't know before. Yeah, it does yeah, become more we have, difficult. And so, we have more tools in the toolbox, but like we were just building little
5: shacks before. Yeah. Now we're trying to build houses and mansions. And so the more tools are useful, but we just keep making the projects harder and harder on ourselves.
3: Yeah. yeah.
2: Which is good yeah. because, you know, in the end, it's going to make a better, you know, final product. Because you got to challenge
3: was, yourself. You know. Because no one's really yeah. going to, because I bet you at some point your editors are like, just give us more of this. Give us more beyond, you know, like agents and, and and people don't give a shit about your creative journey. Half the time, most of the time, they're just like, where's my other book? Where's my mercenary librarians? I don't care how you get it to me. I feel
2: like this is a division between like other types of entertainment and like, like our experience in like the romance and sci-fi world because our agent is absolutely like a mama bear. She is like you tell me what you need right now. Like, tell me what you need. Tell me what I can do for you. <laughs> I, wow. And our editor is like the same way. Like our editor at mm-hmm. tour is the same way. She's like a mom I've
3: never experienced this <laughs> kindness of which you speak. We're in the wrong business. <laughs> yes, <is> it's our- <laughs>
2: so beautiful. It is a beautiful I've thing. I've heard
3: other people in the entertainment industry say that they have people like this, but I have never met one. I've never met an agent that has given, an, uh, given a single rat fuck about who I am. As it is a
2: such a beautiful thing. Now they're absolutely literary agents who are like, um, make me money and shut yes. up, please. But <laughs> not ours. No,
5: we are blessed. <laughs> like literally, if we are having a problem, she's like, tell me what you need. Where are you emotionally? How do we get you space to do the art you want to do? Yeah. And I mean, that's the that's freaking dream. That we, is the dream. We wrote without an agent for 10 years. Like we only hooked up with her in 2018 because we self published for a long time. We were really self-reliant. Yeah. Um, Did you have day jobs too
3: while you self-published?
5: We didn't. We were um, unnaturally successful at self-publishing, honestly. (laughs) No, it's (laughs) amazing. I know
3: some people who crack the code because it really seems to be it's about what it is that you're writing. Like if it's about how like... The clouds are put there by the government to make us gay with colloidal silver. Sometimes those, <laughs> those don't sell great, <laughs> no. but these and sometimes
2: they sell really yeah. well, which is the terrifying <laughs> so scary
3: thing. people. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But it's interesting. That's great. So, how would you get into just doing self publishing? You just decided to say, "Fuck it, we want to write this."
2: We actually started
5: um, when eBooks were like before Kindle. Yes, we were doing e publishers, and because romance was always big in eBooks, because romance readers are voracious. I mean, yeah. they will read three or four books. A Week and they adapted to ebooks so That's fast. On end, yeah. <laughs> That's on the low end.
2: That's on the low end. There
5: are people in our like, you know, our readers who read a book a day, like just, you know, who work and read a book a day. That's yeah. just what they do. And so they adapted adopted ebooks so fast. And there were people making, you know, six figures just from royalties from ebooks before Kindle even came around. Wow. And then Kindle just blew it all up. So, you know, we switched when, like, in 2012, I think, we decided to just, you know, freelance, hire our editors, stop working with the publishers, and do it ourselves. Yeah. And that was really great for us for, you know, a long time. But as anyone who produces their own content knows, mm-hmm. that's, like, 17 different jobs.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah.
5: And you get tired.
3: Yeah, because then yeah. the other shit starts to affect the creative side yeah. all of the management work like makes it so that cuz that's the real job it's the correspondence it's sitting and 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 it's yeah. hustling for yourself where if you have to be like this is me as Kid Roka writing and being a creative fun person this is me as a screaming Bree manager i have to oh, scream manage- <laughs>
5: like you know editing things like producing, like I put our books together, our eBooks, like I formatted them. I made our covers. Like, you know, I did like a lot of the stuff and Donna basically copy edited everything and proofread it. Mm. I mean, we hired outside people for story editing, but we made these books like with our hands and our brains and we got tired. And that's why we finally went and found an agent and now we just give manuscripts to tor and they make them into books and it's beautiful <laughs> is
4: it scary though to release that i feel like after all oh so scary right, right? Oh, to like yeah. trust someone yeah. else to be like okay but but you need to do it the way that we were doing it because we were doing it the way we wanted our babies to be given to the world i, I i'm think not think sure I... <laughs>
2: that we could have released that control if we hadn't absolutely had to in order right. to stay safe yeah if i
5: had- burned out, it wouldn't have happened. And yeah. I still yeah. think I probably drove our poor publicist crazy the first book, just because I was so used to having to be involved in everything. So I needed communication in this book. I was just like, don't talk to me unless you need me. Hell yeah. <laughs> I'm going to be over here sleeping
4: good for you got so. to writing the next
3: book you gotta yeah, write yeah, you, gotta fucking, you gotta fucking uh, you gotta create your own boundaries and you gotta stick to your boundaries too like that's what's hard as an artist it's like really oh, being like so i hard. need this
2: and, and i'm having
5: a day on twitter actually yeah. <laughs> so like oh no speaking of boundaries like I'm, I'm having one of my awkward viral days on twitter because I was uh, literally talking about how Twitter is makes it a hard place to protect your mental boundaries. It is so, of course, Twitter melted down over that.
3: I mean, all oh, it is God. is a misery celebration on that website. All A1 is your misery. It really
5: is. It was. Um, it was because I had listened to the "You're Wrong About" podcast episode on cancel culture, mm-hmm. and they had mentioned something where you like you'll tweet that I here's my three type favorite types of bagels, and everyone's like, "Well, you forgot this one. You yep. forgot this." one. You shouldn't eat bagels. You shouldn't do this. You shouldn't do that. Mm -hmm. And it's like, Oh my God, shut up. Yep. I just want to like bagels before I go back to writing. That's why you just
3: have to, like. I that's now what I do is uh, I don't take a lot a lot of life lessons from Ben Kissel that runs Last Podcast and Left <laughs> With Me but I will, he does say, he's like every single time you want to tweet, text your friend yes. the thing that you said. He's like <laughs> yeah. don't tweet. He's like just text your friend that joke. It's it's, yes. it's better off to just tell your friend around random group, thought.
5: The group texts have been getting a lot of work out this yes. year. Yes.
2: Yeah. I only like plain bagels. Fuck you! Fuck you! (laughs) Fuck you! Please
5: tweet to Donna about bagels.
2: Yes. (laughs) Yes, tweet to me about why I'm wrong for only liking plain you bagels. Can find her I will totally Donna. ignore you so hard <laughs> oh, yeah. you might even get the finger. Who Set knows?
3: those boundaries. Um, <laughs> you want to get that shit going? You just tell them how you like butter on a bagel and watch people freak the oh fuck God. out.
2: I have done that before, and I, I do, don't toast my bagels either. I
4: do, like either. Butter on a I bagel, do too. So
3: come at me. <laughs>
4: yeah. yeah,
3: I say a bagel. I'll eat it. a
4: bagel. Have, have you that. see
5: how I went from healthy boundaries to come at me? Yeah, like, of course. <laughs> <laughs>
2: You really did. You're like, come at me, bro. I got into
3: a huge fight on Twitter about how I put mayonnaise on a BLT. Oh, and I was like, <laughs> what? What do you put on it? But what else are you supposed to loop Go it on with? a BLT? People said, I got, well, I do mayonnaise and mustard. Uh huh. And so, the, again, people just said mayonnaise and mustard, you fucking moron. You mean like that response? I'm like, <laughs> what? I'm like, just mayonnaise. I mean, like, you do a dry. It's like dry. What is this? Fucking communist Russia. Whoa. It's like Twitter has the power to make every
5: meaningless disagreement into a freaking moral
3: stance. I just, I'm just trying to, I'm reaching out here.
2: <laughs> I'd lube mine with avocado oh. so all the boomers could come at me.
3: Ooh, squirt it out. Love. I like that. Avocado. Very millennial.
4: Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm, I don't mm-hmm. mean to backtrack here, but <laughs> You okay. <yeah>, he did. <laughs> Believe me, I'll talk about mayo all day. I got a yeah. hot dog tattoo. I'm about to get a mayo tattoo. People already freak out because I have a hot dog tattoo. It's like you know that it loses 36 minutes of your life every time you eat hot dog. Fuck uh, you. That's I don't a response need the 36
3: minutes. that you gave to me because I texted you that article when it's first thing I'm, I saw that article and it says every time you eat a hot dog you lose 38 minutes of your life. I sent it to you only just because I was concerned, but also I know that's that made up vegetable conspiracies. Of-
2: Courtney Milan tweeted that, and I told her, I'm like, Well, yeah, if it takes me 36 minutes to eat it.
4: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that's the only way that makes sense. If it does take
3: 36 minutes for you to eat a hot dog, I think that they've done the bad. They've done bad because it should take four (laughs) seconds to consume a hot dog.
2: I'm an extremely slow eater, so I cannot speak to this. You got to
4: savor it. But Bree, you said earlier that you made the covers of these books, and I have to know how do you choose? How to make these like were you also making the uh the covers for the Beyond series? So okay, yeah, I didn't I want to say I did not make the Mercenary Librarians once. That
5: was okay. four, but I did make the Beyond series and I art directed the Gideon's Riders
4: covers. The Gideon's Riders covers are five.
5: Those we paid so much money for, those are custom photo shoots with models we picked out. Like that oh. was our big we made a lot of money, so we're just gonna throw it at something stupid. We wanted this is beautiful, stupid. sexy people. You know, hugging in post-apocalyptic clothes. And yeah. So-
4: they are glistening. I'm just looking at these pictures going like, Mamma Mia. Whoa. Just they just, I keep
3: forgetting that on romance covers, it's people. Yeah. That like, yeah. They, oh, it's like, oh yeah, humans look like this. It's not cartoons.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, sort of. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The, very, very very
5: um, <laughs> limited models you get off of websites look like this. Oh, hey, man. Yeah. That's
3: the best part. You get a couple, of yeah, because especially the romance style, like these big macho guys. Yeah. You know this guy, he, he doesn't read. Come on. Look you at know this so
5: Every single <laughs> oh, one oh. of those guys is standing on like two boxes because <laughs> all those chicks are so tall. Yeah. yeah my you
2: know what? I, we actually do have one of the covers. It's not from a book that's released yet, but one of the covers. There's like, what is the, the guy's like a structural engineer? yeah, he, he. One of the mod- yeah, he, he is good, brilliant he's the engineer most
5: good person I've ever seen, and he has a master's degree. and He won all these awards for like. Engineering, so you're Whoa. like, Yeah, it's a- go
4: on tour with him. Maybe you
3: should bring him with you. Just be like, hey, This it's is our centerpiece. He could, like, lift all the books, I <laughs> think he could yeah, bring them yeah, out he could carry he could, them. He could,
4: and structure them into something, into some sort of home. We could all
3: live I'm in it. I'm
2: old, that's pretty much all I care about now. Like, carry this from me, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, for yeah, yeah, move
3: it back and forth while he's all slicked up with oil. That's the main thing yeah. is that these guys should also like, who sh- they have to show up with their own oil.
2: <laughs> no. no, I don't think so. No, they, they- <laughs> I think, I think oil's provided <laughs> yes. by the makeup
3: artist. I, I don't no, know. I don't know whether or not things have changed <laughs> like so significantly in show business that they can't be applied to anymore if they have to bring their own jugs of oil.
5: <laughs> well, I don't know. See, like, and here's a great thing. Um, it's like. The romance industry is having like a revolution in covers. They're all illustrated now yeah. because you couldn't take any pictures of people doing the the clinching, the the hugging and kissing oh, during COVID.
2: Yeah, no so, yeah. so you couldn't do cover shoots.
4: Oh wow! Yeah. So,
2: so you're gonna see a lot of cartoon covers. Okay, so we're going going cartoon back <laughs> to
4: like Harlequin romance days, yeah, which also like- kind of into that too.
5: Oh, I kind of <laughs> wish. Like, see, they're very cartoony. They're like doing these very various- yeah. East. and i wish if we're going back to illustrated they would do the full like
2: like the photorealist
3: you know hair,
4: yeah clothes <laughs> falling off like
3: yeah dramatic yeah. covers i remember those but yeah i guess it's not as interesting as having the real ones there but i feel like you could maybe photoshop them together clenching <laughs> where you have one going back like oh and then the guy going yeah like he's making well i mean if mean you don't face, do
2: like If you don't do, like, custom shoots, that's pretty much what they all are anyway. They're all Photoshopped together, so. But
3: you get to choose the models.
2: We did with this. I mean, yeah, if you you do, like, custom shoots, yeah. We were just like, hand us all of your sports and fitness models. All of your rosters, we're going to pick from there. And that's
3: what we did. That's really interesting. I didn't know you could just do that. I, I feel like also- I
2: mean, It
5: costs money. It, yes. is, it, is, it was definitely <laughs> pricey. Um,
3: does it come out of your marketing budget or does it come out of like, Do you is it separate? So
5: when we did these, like our marketing budget is basically us going, hey, you want to do this? Because like, yeah. you know, we're a two-person company. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. And so we decided we wanted to invest in those for that series because we had made enough money and you know, we wanted to spend some of it.
3: Yes, of you course. Yeah, so yeah. Be like, yeah, and, I want and money. Reinvest it. Yeah.
5: Yeah. So, so yeah, so that was the choice we made. I mean, I don't. I think I would tell most self-publishers to go and do that because you know we get a lot. The Beyond covers are all stock photos. Yeah. That I like went and found, and you know, I've done. That's like actually the third. I've redesigned the covers a few times as the genre shifts. Because, Whoa. like, you know, right now, um, you know, I, I've sort of thought, like, we don't look like romance covers right now because the romance covers are after a year of COVID. Yeah. For 18 months, they're all illustrated things. So we don't. Yeah. We don't actually look like we belong in the genre right now. What's
3: um, yeah, so about making people thing. think corny thoughts?
5: Well, that's what ours are. <laughs> I don't know if the current ones are very horny. I'm sort of sad because I think we've lost a little of the horny of the genre. Yeah. I
2: think we need to rebrand again. I think this time we need to do the thing that we've always wanted to do. Oh, the tattoos. I've always wanted, yeah. To do like a new American type style, like just like tattoos on the cover, just like have an artist create like tattoos just for the cover. That's great. Yeah. That's what I want to do because it's a big part of the series. Like, um, Tattooing is a big part of, of the like, plot of the, the series. Is the Beyond still
3: going? No, it is, no it is finished. It is finished. So you now We you actually could, like-
5: finished <laughs> it on election day in 2016. So we are like, yay, we overthrew a dystopia. Let's go vote. And
3: they're like, oh. And God. then the next morning, oh, like, oh, that is the no. single
5: most intense emotional drop of my life still to this date.
3: Yeah, that was a bit. Wild. I do remember that night because I uh, I remember like thinking, being like, this is just gonna be whatever, you know, like eh, this will be over in a second, and like I remember opening my laptop at like 7 p.m. that night, and then like seeing the numbers, and then just closing my laptop really quickly because then my wife was coming home from an Ariels thing, and she's like, "How's the election going?" I'm like. Let's get let's get some drinks. And we <laughs> yeah, went and I got like, the <laughs>
4: drunkest I've ever been. Like I don't know how I did to vibe. Let's get some drinks. You know? Because, yeah. Uh, it was. Yeah. I wandered I into a bed. backyard. I drank
3: an entire <laughs> bottle of bourbon and I wandered into somebody's backyard looking for cigarettes. And I had been quit. I've been quit for three years <laughs> oh at that point. So I was just like, ready. <laughs> yeah. That it was, was a. Uh, uh, it was yeah. A that, that was a knife, right. So. But it's all so in the rearview mirror and everything's fixed, guys. It's in the rearview mirror and things are fine and they are great. Things are good. You know. We got to get back to being horny. That
2: actually is interesting. Interesting that you say that though that you put it that way because part of the uh development of the mercenary librarian series is about like community organizing yeah. right like both on a like political level but also like a very you know just real you know day-to-day life level because they're essentially like the government in the in the series the government has fallen right the series is set in atlanta and what do you have in Atlanta? You have two things right now. You have big financial corporations are headquartered yep. in Atlanta, and you have a lot of uh, biotech CDC. and pharmaceutical companies that are headquartered in Atlanta. So basically in our series, like when the government fell, so did like the financial you know, system just collapsed. So basically all of these like technological biotech and pharmaceutical companies were like, we'll step in. And we'll keep people fed and we'll keep the lights on and we'll do this. And pretty soon, Atlanta's a company town. You know? Literally,
3: you saw what yeah. we were talking about during more privately during the quarantine about how like it's this really fucked up scenario where the corporations look like that they are more reliable
2: right. mm-hmm. than yeah. the
3: government. And so more and more people are starting to trust corporations versus the government, yeah. almost as if the the previous administration was kind of doing that on purpose,
5: yeah, yeah. Rid of it was of amazingly I have not enjoyed since we told you, like we originally built this world in 2012. I have not enjoyed right. how it just gets more and more and more exactly. Flaus- like, yeah, like,
3: <laughs> like, like we laid no. it out.
2: I, I We don't like no,
3: it. No, but honestly, when it comes like out, it. hopefully it shows what your material shows is that people will still be fucking whatever's and going and on.
5: helping each other. And fighting. And and fighting. fighting each other. <laughs> and the man. Helping and Fighting, fighting the man. and, yeah,
2: fighting
5: the man. It helps. <laughs> because
2: here is the theme of the Mercenary Librarian series, that community organizing, the fighting, it never stops. No. You have to keep doing it. And the We're still doing is it. We're still joy. having to do it. Like,
4: yes. that's our, th- it's, yeah, it's yeah. that's just the it's joyful life. part. the release.
5: Yeah. I feel like the, that we've all learned, like in a very real way, how you can live through these terribly tragic, like literal apocalyptic moments and they can be both horrifying, but just very mundane. Yes. We still have to wash clothes and do dishes and apparently work.
3: Yep. Yeah. What's that about? Yeah. Yeah. What the fuck? I mean, (laughs) I, I, I would do this bit on our live show where I say like, to be honest, when I thought that the UFOs were real, thing kind of came down. I thought we'd all have to stop working. Yeah, like,
4: yeah,
2: like that would be it. it. It's and so like we would go stand on the tops of skyscrapers like <laughs> an Independence Day, and we would hold up it. you yeah. know hey, suck you us us poorly worded us poster boards. You
3: coming here? You're gonna
5: work for us now, aliens? So, so and yeah. you know, yeah, that's not how <laughs> no, it happened. No. So that is the heart of our books, really. That like it doesn't matter if it's crappy, you still gotta fall in love and have your kinky orgies and also maybe if you help want your them, neighbors if you don't want the trust kinky orgies, you don't have to have them <laughs> yeah you don't have to have them they're consent
3: be open to one consent. that's yes. what i'd say try to be them, open to one.
5: if you don't like them that's cool too you know but just don't trust amazon <laughs> Yeah, yeah,
3: don't trust Amazon. Well, that's what we do a lot. We try to make sure we point towards people, towards the uh, buying things from an indie bookstore as much as possible because yeah. they will go away unless people buy them from the bookstore. Yeah. Buying directly from Tor. Like, buy them from Tor. Like, help that pur- help that publishing company. And
5: that has always been, like, a really big irony because, like, Amazon is the platform that made self-publishing yes. possible. But also because of that, we are very aware of how Amazon can just decide to change a rule one night that destroys thousands of careers. Yeah. Like, and they have done that, like with their Kindle unlimited thing, they changed the rules in 2015 and people, there were people who were making 80, a hundred thousand dollars a month who went to making 2000 and like, just like no warning, nothing they could do about it. Yeah. And you know, that's the sort of thing where if you're relying on Amazon
2: Terms of service, not a contract. Yeah, terms of service are not a contract.
3: Yep, and we learned that when watching that LuLaRoe documentary. <laughs> oh
2: my God, that thing was so when fucking balding.
5: When they changed the bonus structure, I was just waiting for it because it always happens. They
3: had to. When people are yep. making
5: too much money, they're going to claw it back somehow. Oh yeah, yeah. What, when they
3: handed out, like you know, because that's how I feel as an employee. When they did that section where they handed another employee a $1.4 million check, I was like, oh, this is wrapping up. Like if I saw someone getting a million dollar check like for selling leggings, I'd be like, oh, this is not, like we need to get out now. Like this is falling fast. There's no way this can be sustainable. And that is
5: very much how we felt about Kindle Unlimited. We had a good year in 2015. We were riding that wave, but I was looking at them giving me a $50,000 check in a month because of like an 80,000 word story I'd written. And I was like, this gravy train is crashing. Yeah. It is coming. Yes. We have got to it is
3: pay off our credit card
5: debt and be ready.
3: <laughs> It is unsustainable. But this is so cool. I'm so glad we got to talk to you guys. Jackie, you have anything else you want to, do you want to end on? Is there any other, like, have any questions? No. I'm just very,
4: I'm very excited to really jump further into this new book that is about to come out of y'all's. And I just, uh, I get excited because it's hard to find... Fun, independent, like that you'd worked on for such a long time, like building something in an independent way, makes something so much more special. It makes what you make, like if you're working on it for so long on your own, which is what we've all done here at LPN for a long time. That it just, it's so exciting. I'm so, I, I mean, I, we don't know each other, but I'm so proud of you and thank you guys for I've writing awesome too, oh, Even heroines. though you only have one hand, <laughs> like I just I she mean, makes her different. different. I'm dead well, right see, now. I
5: think that it's hard to describe to someone who doesn't know that feeling you get when you have something and you really made it yourself. You yeah. did all the parts. Nobody else owns it. Nobody else can tell you what to do with it. Like the first time I held that book that we published in our hands. And I mean, as much as I love Tor and I do love them, there's something else about a product that is just yours and nobody...
4: Yeah.
3: Can
5: tell you what to do with it.
3: But you can't do it forever or you will die. Like you can't do it. <laughs> and with this industry, much. I think the one thing that the, the reason why show business and, and the writing industry are, are similar though in a way is the fact that you did build it up to a size on your own where somebody like Tor could come and help you in a way in which exactly. you are peers and not you're like yeah. Yeah. at the you're behest not of them. You're not there like
5: oh, – Oh, we – we, we came into traditional publishing with a sweetheart position. Yeah. And it's because of the, the work we did in independently, you know. I, I I feel like I can't give advice to people on that because I did not. I got to come in with way more power and way more, The yeah. yeah. advice is there.
3: Control. The advice is there is that you've got to you <laughs> yeah, fight for yourself. You, Do the work.
5: You've got to, if you have your own, you know, if you build your own thing, yeah, people are going to want it. And then at least maybe you've got some, some, agency and some control over how you become partners with someone.
3: I think that's very, I think that's an incredible lesson. And especially if you're a young person looking to make it, go make it yourself. That's the way you start it because no one can take it from you. Once it's already in your hands, once it's out of your cloaca and it's in your hands. It's for you. And it's covered yes. in- No, score. he said the word. <laughs> oh, did I win a prize? Did you guys think I wasn't going to work cloaca in? <laughs> I don't know if there's a
2: trophy, but you know. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I'm sure it looks like a chicken yes.
3: ass. If there <laughs> <is>. <laughs> thank you so much, Donna Heron. Bree Bridges, View are the sections of the Kit Rocha Voltron. Uh, Get the new book, The uh Devil You Know. It is out there. How do we find it? On tour? Just go to tour?
5: Yeah, you can go to mercenarylibrarians.com if you want, because I own it. Because of course I do. Got
3: yeah, to. Yeah, <laughs> fuck yeah. And uh, do, where can people find you on socials if you want that, even though we just talked about how horrible all of the <laughs> bullshit is?
5: <laughs> if you would like to tell me
2: about bagels,
5: I'm mostly <laughs> Leave breed, the woman mostly.
3: alone.
2: <laughs> and <laughs> she is totally Donna. So totally Donna and mostly free. If you would like to tell me about bagels, you're
3: welcome to try. <laughs> That's great. Well, thank you guys so much for listening to the LPN show. What a classic episode. Back in the pocket, baby. <laughs> Jackie, do you want to say goodbye to the people? Of course I do. My name is Jackie Zabrowski. Thank you
4: for joining us today. You can follow me on Instagram at jackthatworm. And uh, hit up uh, my Twitch over at twitch.tv forward slash. Oh, no, it's Jackie. Don't
3: look for me on social media. Don't. Don't look for me. I'm there, though, for some fucking ungodly reason. But welcome It's been a a wonderful time. Goodbye, everybody. Bye-bye. This show is made possible by listeners like you. Thanks to our ad sponsors. You can support our shows by supporting them. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to lastpodcastnetwork.com.